Hey everyone, you're listening to InfoQuench with Jeff and Amy. We're chatting about how to get the most out of life and covering a ton of interesting topics. So there's sure to be something for just about everyone. Let's get to it. Hey everybody and welcome to InfoQuench. I'm your host Jeff. And I'm Amy. In this episode we're going to cover seven KonMari tidying up tips that stuck for us. Wait a minute, what's KonMari? <laughs> KonMari is a trend that was around a couple of years ago and I think it's still going on, but Marie Kondo came up with a process that was the life-changing magic of tidying up. Okay. So she had a, a main book and I think a series of books that followed, a Netflix series. And it became very popular in, I know, in North American culture anyway. A lot of people were picking up on it, going through a decluttering process, a, minim, a trend toward minimalism. There is something to be said, though, about cleaning up your space and getting rid of the clutter. It kind of opens up your mind, it makes it a little bit more serene, you know, because you don't have to look at all these things, you know. I agree. Well, I do, you know, to be honest, I had a moment of panic, I think, when we had fall, finished up our KonMari process, and there are several steps to go through. And I remember coming into the living room, and there was an echo. Do you remember that? I do remember And that. I don't know whether that's still here or not. I think it's probably a little less so. But I remember just the overall sound of our house being different. But then I grew to really appreciate that clear space, the idea of only having things around that bring joy. And this episode, we're going to just talk about some really practical tips. As with anything, we, you know, we do a lot of episodes on tips and tricks for specific topics. And some things will work for you, some things won't. And Same what, with us. Yeah, so just pick up the ones that do and you know, drop the others. These are the ones that after two years, we're still doing. So we feel that these are sort of tried and true, and we wanted to share them with you. Yeah, I find the things that really stick are the, are the aspects of KonMariing that you can just integrate into your everyday life that just become you know, second nature. I think with anything, once it becomes the habit, once that habit is formed and it it is, like you said, something that's second nature that you're yeah. doing day after day, then it, it is the long-term thing that will st- stick for your household. And in order for it to become a habit, for you to continue to do it over and over again, you also have to see the benefit of it. Some things that she suggested, Marie Kondo, didn't really work for us. Right, and, that's uh, true. And we just dropped them. And that's fine. You know, everybody's different. Every household's different. So I want to talk about the quote for this episode, and it's by George Carlin. For those of you who aren't familiar, be sure to Google him and check him out because he is one great comedian. Yes, he's fantastic. He's one of the first like thinker, thinker uh, comedians, if you ask me, like made people think. So this quote is from the late, great George Carlin, and it is, A house is just a place to keep your stuff while you go out and get more stuff. What is a house? A house is just a place for your stuff. <laughs> yeah, that sounded actually yeah. quite a bit like him. Well, that was a pretty good impression. I liked it. I'm impressed. But I mean, it, that idea, he did a whole piece, I guess, around around stuff, around our attachment to possessions. And uh, I just felt it was a fitting quote, one quote that I really love. And I always try to keep in mind when I'm out uh, shopping, as little as I shop, because I really do detest the activity of shopping. Um, you really do. I, I'm amazed. You... you but you know what, though you've had you've had good experiences shopping as well. You know, yeah, you've gotten into yeah, it. There's a handful in there's the course handful. of my entire lifetime yeah. that I might have picked up something. I share uh, that with you. The actually, process. <laughs> I share that. An appreciation of uh, space and minimalism for me has definitely resulted from the KonMari method and from that whole movement. 
And it's something that when I look around our house, we've definitely accumulated more things since we went through that process. Yeah. And if you want to go through, you know, the step-by-step method, which I think we're going to have to revisit, you know, uh, in the near future, check out our early episodes. That's really when we started our podcast. We focused a series of episodes to go through in detail the KonMari method. And so we're going to cover practical tips in this episode. But if you really want to do a deep dive, check out those early episodes. I think episode two was the very first one. Weren't those Don't episodes... mind our sound quality in the first four oh, yeah. episodes. Weren't <laughs> those episodes made as we were going through the process of KonMari? Or was it just like shortly I think post. so. I think, yeah. I think it was like, next is all paper. That's right. So we did a few different episodes in between them. But you, you know, we went through the categories of clothing, paper, as Jeff mentioned. So check that yeah. out. And I want to start with the very first tip that we still implement today. It's drawer dividers. Yes. I loved this one. Yeah, this is a very good one. I've actually... Uh, incorporated that down in the art hole in the basement where I do all oh, my really? art. Yeah, I got little containers and stuff. And yeah. Oh, that warms my little practical organizational heart. Yeah, you'd be impressed if you saw it down there today. Not yesterday, or not two days ago, rather, but... You know, yeah, you spent a lot of time down there yesterday I organizing. Know. Organizing, anyway. So for door drawer dividers, they work great in larger drawers, particularly if you have, as we had, a catch-all giant drawer in your kitchen for utensils and, you know, other items. And what we used, we rather than go out and buy drawer dividers, just use something you already have in your house. So we used ac- actually bread pans and yes. cake pans. It was a fun little episode or of uh, trying to do Tetris or yeah. <laughs> puzzle in the drawer Jenga. to see. What combination worked well? <laughs> the thing I found around bread pans specifically is they work great for dishcloths. Yeah. Dishcloths can often, because they're smaller and you're usually putting them in and a utensils, larger drawer. And just keeping things separated and stuff. Well, dishcloths, I found just folding them an extra fold than the traditional just half and then half again. If you do one extra fold and you just stand them upright in that classic Kamari vertical fold, they work great. And I'll post an image. I'll share it in our Instagram stories in the next couple of days of the drawers and how they look like uh, and how they still look today. And as I when you need to go to use the pans, it's very easy. Just pull one out, empty the things that are in that one pan and you know, rinse it out, use it, put it back. I tended to use pans that we don't use very often. So yeah, we never use those pans, really. We're not big bakers here. No. Really. So if you are, you might want to choose something other than pans. Or just go to the dollar store and get some cheap ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could do that. That's true, too. The thrift store. It's nice not to have to, to buy more and just use what you have. So try to use your imagination on that. And then another option would be... Uh, shoe boxes and we made use of those particularly in our son's room he has large drawers and of course kids clothing is a lot smaller than adult clothing so we used a series of shoe box great for little uh, you know pairs of socks and underwear and just you know again that classic Kamari fold of doing an extra fold on the t-shirts it helps because he knows exactly where things are because he can see it all well, that's right. In one compact space. When they're learning to sort of get dressed, you can let them mm-hmm. know. You know, you take uh, your long sleeve shirts are in this compartment. Your short sleever, short sleevers. Yeah, uh, you've adopted that. <laughs> the long sleevers and the short sleevers. It's so funny. And then another area where you could do drawer dividers is in your jewelry drawer, and just use jewelry boxes. You know, the little boxes that all of right. your things come in, and it's a great way to be able to open a, a drawer and see all of your jewelry, particularly if you have a a large flat drawer as part of your, uh, you know, makeup station. Yeah. <laughs> or, in, or in your washroom. As I do. Yes. <laughs> 
So just a few tips. Drawer dividers is something that has stuck for us and I can see it uh, sticking for the long term. Absolutely, because we're not getting rid of them. Number two is around folding. And I alluded a little bit to this. Not all of the folding stuck. I still have things that I pile on shelves and I know you do too, Jeff. And and that's, you know, just what works with our space, what works with our storage space. But certain things like, for instance, socks, KonMari method is great because it helps protect the elastic in socks. If you ball up your socks, it really stretches out the elastic in them. What are you supposed to do then? So with socks, what you can do is you just fold them in thirds. You lay them flat, one on top of one another, and just do a a KonMari fold. You can Google a KonMari fold, but uh, it's a great way Hmm. to protect the elastic so they don't get all stretched out. If you have little ankle socks, you can just fold them twice, or sorry, just once and two, and Uh uh, or just stack them up. But uh, that's one of the things that stuck for me. Also, the vertical fold is something I use in uh, t-shirts, particularly when they're in a drawer, and Another tip around KonMari is to fold your t-shirts with the image out. So if you have a t-shirt that has a picture or some sort of uh, emblem on the front, fold your t-shirts with that pointing out. That way you can tell because if you have a hundred, hopefully you don't have a hundred white t-shirts, but if you have even five of the same looking white t-shirts, you can't really tell what it is until you pull it out and unfold it. So That's something I never do. I uh, actually don't even... If, if I wash something and it's inside out, I leave it inside out and just fold it and put it back in. This into. is why Jeff and I each do our own laundry. Yeah. And then I, and then I just like <laughs> unfold it before I put it on. It's no big deal. It's the same. Just do it at different times. That's all. <laughs> You're so laid back. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, we, we definitely do do our own laundry for many reasons, but that's one of them. Uh, <laughs> now... I want to get on to the third tip, and that's just that everything has its place. And this just makes sense from trying to find things. You know, having a place where you put your keys when you first come into your home, you know, it's uh, it makes things just easier. You're not always hunting for things. Have a place where you put your remote controls at the end of the evening. Mm-hmm. Those types of things just make it easier also if you're trying to direct somebody to find something. So yeah, just making sure everything is in its place. and Things do have their own place. Right. Find a place for the things and then put them back there when you're done I never know where those places are, but they do have a place. For us, (laughs) well, that's when he asked me. Yeah. But we have, for instance, a, a particular spot where we put all of our office supplies and they go in one spot. We have a place that we have all of our, you know, medicines, first aid. So we know that that's in a particular cabinet in an emergency. We know where to go. So having it all gathered in one place just makes it a lot easier to, to see what you have on hand and to keep an inventory. And also, particularly if you're looking at medicines, they expire. So it's a quick way to go through all your medicines periodically and make sure that you get rid of anything that's expired. Just a reminder, if you have prescription medications that when they are expired, you should take those back to your pharmacy and have them dispose of them properly rather than dump them down the toilet or throw them into a garbage can. Right. Yes, they need to be disposed of properly. So that's just an extra tip. Nothing to do with KonMari. It's a good tip. (laughs) Uh, Number four is when you have things to return to other people or things that need to get out of the house is to keep them near the entrance. So a lot of times you may have visitors that come to the house and they leave behind things as we often have and, and we leave behind things at other people's homes, you know, whether their kids are visiting and they leave things mittens or, or something, yeah. mittens, coats, sweaters, books, whatever they may, their phone that usually doesn't get left behind for too long, no. but 
having a spot near your door where you can just have those things, even a little bag to keep it tidied up. See what I did there near your entrance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it'll help you just keep moving things back out of the house. It's just a reminder that those things need to be returned. Or if the person visits the next time, you can always, whenever you have visitors, take a quick glance in the bag and see if there's anything that belongs to them that you need to give back to them. Yeah. So I like that one. It also works well if you're trying to donate items and you need to get them out of the house. You we know? do that. We have like a value village uh, bag or whatever that goes to charity or whatever. Right. And we, we've worked a little bit more on trying to identify the right charities to give different items rather than just sort of bulk it up. We used to just put everything together and give it to Value Village. And now we yeah. try to find out, you know, if things are in really good condition. We actually have a local hospice here in St. John, New Brunswick that can sell items uh, to raise money for their services. We have some charities that are specific for children's clothing. So we do try to take a little bit of time to have a couple of bags divided up for that purpose. But uh, that makes sense to do the research and figure out where your where your used goods are going. And they're not just, you know, yeah, going to a, a company that would uh, just take all the money for themselves. Right. Those yeah. don't exist, do they? No, they don't. <laughs> no. But, you know, above all, I think it's important to just keep them out of the landfill. Mm-hmm. So even if that is the case, there are times when clothing we give away is at the point that it's probably not going to be sold and it maybe it'll just be used by such a company as a rag bag. They actually sell entire bags of rags. Yeah, for good for artists. Artists or for industrial yeah. use. So if you have old t-shirts and things, you can still donate those even if you think nobody will wear them. They can be used for that purpose. And clothing is a huge issue in terms of you know filling our landfills. And Oh, yeah particularly with fast fashion and people wearing things for only a short period of time, it's a very wasteful practice. So uh, just be deliberate in how you dispose of things as you're moving things out of your home and, and try to get them either reused or repurposed or recycled. So that brings me on to paper. Paper was an interesting one. It was, I remember that was, do you remember the process of this? Yeah, I do. You organized or you, you gathered up every single piece of loose paper in your home and put it in the middle of a room and then just systematically went through it and just kept the important pieces and then discarded the other ones or well just recycled but right it was it was a very painful process whether it was a post-it or a bill anything legal documents old taxes and i put them all in the middle of the living room floor to force me to deal with them immediately but it i think it was probably three or four hour process of going through all that paperwork. It took us for a me. long time. And, you know, that initial process is painful. But for us, what stuck in the long term was how we dealt with paper going forward. So we went through that to, to get it down to what we needed. But then as items now come in, we quickly make a decision of whether or not they can be thrown out. Or if it's one that needs to be kept, at least for the short term, we have one location, whether it's a drawer or a box, and all of those types of papers go into that one location. And if it's, you know, a drawer or box that's starting to overflow, you may want to rethink how stringent you're being in terms of deciding whether or not paper needs to be kept. Yeah, it's it's always a, a tricky thing for me because I never really know whether to keep bills and taxes and stuff like that. Like I just keep them just you never know if you're going to need it well and you know it 
I think it's tricky for a lot of people and retention periods vary depending on where you're listening to our podcast from, you know, there are different retention periods for tax documents. So Mm -hmm. even though you're doing your taxes electronically, you have to keep your paper documentation. So do a quick Google search that you're comfortable with what you're disposing of and what you need to keep. And and dispose of it properly and get rid of your name and stuff. So you avoid identity theft. Yes, that's a really good point. Shredding, you know, particularly any documents with identifying information or banking information should uh, be a priority. That's Jeff's bonus tip. (laughs) That's right. Either dispose of them at a proper shredding facility, or if you have your own personal shredder, you can make use of that. But definitely be conscious of that because identity theft is a real thing. I know people who have gone through this. I know. Yeah. Somebody who's actually had money I, I do withdrawn as well. from their bank account, which is really scary. Thousands is, of dollars. It is really scary. And, you know, just a very painful process to go through to get, have those funds recovered. And sometimes people don't even have them recovered. Pain in the butt. It is. It is. And it's something that's very real in today's, uh, you know, regardless of how safe we think we're being online and protecting ourselves digitally. It's, I mean, if hackers can hack into banks and mm-hmm. government agencies then chances are they can probably hack into our stuff so don't make it easy for the people going through your garbage no and they do sometimes people do go through your garbage and you know i just, you just can't never really know when that happens it's hard to picture isn't it i picture like paparazzi going through you yeah. know the, in hollywood going through some famous person's garbage to try to get little bits of information on them but i just can't picture anyone going through our garbage for anything other than maybe food or recyclables yeah it's true but even still i always make sure that things are disposed of properly to be on the safe side puts my mind at always ease. rip the whatever has your address on it like rip the actual spot where the address is Isn't and then dispose of them into two separate locations it, at separate times that's right there's another thing <laughs> or dissolve them in acid or burn them in your fireplace yes but not too much so, because you'll create creosote that could then result in a chimney fire. Hey. Bonus tip. You never know when you're doing anything right. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? It's so true. <laughs> so with the paper, I mentioned putting it all in one spot, putting it in a box or in a drawer. And what I do is for my own system is I make sure I go through it once a year. Because a lot of things you really only need to keep for that period of time. So, for instance, you may have some investment statements, uh, annual reports that come through that are already being replaced by updated documents. And the time that I do this is tax time, Mm -hmm. my favorite time of year. Yeah. (laughs) It puts me in such a foul mood to do our taxes. uh, Yeah, I stay away from you when you're doing the taxes. Although I try to, like, you know... Be supportive. Yeah, like, do you... Do you need like? Do you need a cup of coffee? Do you, do you need, need something? Yeah, anything. <laughs> I need anything. It's so painful. Yeah. I don't know what it is about taxes. It's always because you're, you're. I think for me, you sit down at the computer and you think you have all the documents you need, and then you're like, oh, I'm missing this little bit of information. And then you have to go and get that. Yeah. Or you know, you don't have it, and you have to email somebody for it, or wait for something to come in the mail, and it's just a pain. It's I a appreciate process. that you do that for us. Well, thank you. Thank you, It is amazing because I don't... I mean, I've done my taxes before, but it was ridiculously simple. Oh, so you're saying taxes are simple? No, it was just uh, that one time there really wasn't much to add. I think that's what it was. It was just... 
Yeah, when you get into the dependents and multiple and incomes and all that. It, I did it on paper as well, not as not online. I remember those days when yeah. you used to have the You'd big paper form. go to the post form. office and get it. Those are definitely different days. Now we just hop the good online. good old days, I like to call them. The good old days. You know, I should actually old. remember back because that was a painful process to fill out those forms. And oh, yeah. now the fact that we can type it out electronically. Yeah. I'll try to keep that in mind next tax season. Yeah. So tax season is a great time to go through all of those papers and really evaluate. Well, it allows you to pull out everything you need for taxes. So everything that you have coming into the house that you think may need to be kept for even a short period of time or up to a year or multiple years, you throw in that location. So it's a great way to maybe capture if you made charitable donations, put those receipts there. You know, it's a great way to capture all of the work that you've had done on your vehicle. So you right. have that one spot to check if you feel like your brakes all of a sudden need to be replaced and you feel like you just had them done like a few months ago. It seems like brakes always need to be done. Well, they I don't do. know what is it about. I guess they, we're city drivers. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Who knows? All, all city cars probably need brakes fixed. Yeah. When I heard a coworker talking about having to get their brakes fixed and they were complaining about the same thing. So... It's Maybe like, it's just we we just don't like to spend money on things and particularly vehicles, so it's uh, yeah. a pain. But it, yeah, keep all of your documentation like that in one place, and then it's really easy to go and locate. And you're not going around your whole house trying to find something and wondering whether you missed a piece of paper during tax time. Uh, number six is just around clear surfaces. And clear this is surfaces. What I'm talking, yeah, horizontal surfaces in your house, and just how wonderful that is in terms of being able to well wipe it clean. So if you have a clear countertop. It's very easy to run a dishcloth over it and yeah. just keep it clean. And it just gives you a much cleaner vibe in your kitchen. You know, you're not always trying to move things around, trying to have space to work. And KonMari method really focuses on that idea of clear surfaces. And I found that for us, what stuck were our, our counters, you know, making sure that we put the appliances away when we're not using them because they take up a huge amount of real estate in terms of the footprint on your counter countertops but nightstand surfaces i felt are important because it's nice to have you know your bedroom be a clear space of solace and yeah not have you know your alarm clock and a book that's it exactly and a coaster for your glass of water yeah and your remote control (laughs) yeah those are the only things right I promise that's all on our night. That's the only thing. Actually, it is the only thing on our nightstand. I can tell you at any given time what items are on our nightstand. Sometimes my headphones, but that's about it. I always tend to pay attention specifically to where things are. I went into my office last Monday and I could tell somebody had been in my office because one of my chairs was just slightly moved and I leave things a certain way at the end of the day. It turns out that they had been in measuring for blinds. Oh, wow. And I was like, there's somebody's been in here. (laughs) <laughs> that's amazing and it's, uh, yeah it's just because i i like to have things in a certain spot particularly my office environment i have more control over in a home i think you're you have your whole family it's more of a living breathing moving thing with a lot of people bringing things in and out of the the space but that's an excellent explanation because that's pretty much what it's like yeah and you got to work with that and you got to ebb and flow it's a maelstrom of stuff that george carlin would be proud of Yes. Maybe. <laughs> you know, I think I've appreciated since we started Kamarying is that records and books are something that are here to stay. We're not going to be able to give those up. Oh, thank you. 
Wow, we've we've reached uh, the pinnacle of understanding when it comes to records and books. This marriage can last Finally. now, now that we can agree on. Yeah. Well, there, I buy a lot of my books electronically, but any type of book I think I might want to reread or maybe have around for to pass along to somebody else or for our son to read and you know when he's a little older i think it's a good investment and they're just a joy to look at i've picked you know they're part of the decor yeah i even tried to bring you into the vinyl world by buying you your own vinyl but i know i don't know i don't think you've ever bought your own i bought you vinyl recently for father's day and i bought you a book recently so there you go i i am supporting your book vinyl you are you are actually you're an enabler Thank you. <laughs> I'm an enabler. Thank you for enabling my addiction. Definition for this episode. This one, I was surprised at the definition of it. And I, what I did is I actually looked up for synonyms of joy. Because okay. KonMari Method is all about joy. And it's felicity. Hmm. And it's not a word I've used in my, it's not part of my daily vernacular. But nope. felicity is a quality or state of intense happiness. Ah, because it's a, it's a female name as well it is and uh, felicity Felicity. huffman and then there's also a tv show in the 90s uh, that was called felicity okay but you know to use it in a sentence sentence you could say something along the lines of like i was overcome with felicity when hux was born okay but so it's something that if you want to add to your vocabulary and we like to have a definition every episode (laughs) just on either cool words or words that Maybe we didn't have a complete understanding of what their meaning was, or just an extra word you can throw in there. Words that pertain to the topic we're discussing. That's right. So again, felicity, quality or state of intense happiness. And that brings us to tip number seven, which is joy. So this idea of only keeping things around that bring you joy. And I found that this stuck for me, particularly with clothing. Oh, yeah. When I try and close now and I, you know, if I'm getting ready in the morning and I put on a piece of clothing and it just doesn't feel right, it doesn't hang right, I feel like I'll be adjusting it, it goes straight into the donation bag now. And wow. without hesitancy. Why and keep it around if it's not going to spark any joy? Why keep it around, in fact, if it sparks zero joy and makes you hate it? Well, that's right. Yeah. Not just not sparking joy, but yeah. actually it makes you feel awful. And <laughs> what, if, what if it sparks an inferno that burns all the clothes you don't want? Well, that's right. If it's also fire hazard, get rid of it. That's right. We don't want to be sparking any no. types of that joy. Yes. Exactly. So what that has left me with is very little clothing because I hate shopping. <laughs> So I've noticed that my clothing is... I keep telling you to go out and get some things that you really like, but... My clothing is dwindling. Like, I've noticed I have very few t-shirts left. You're like me. You keep keep those t-shirts that fit nicely or... Just or just yeah. our and then when you get a hole or a stain, forever. they, they yeah. get donated. But it, I just I figure if things are still in good shape, I don't want to keep them around. But I've now that things are starting to wear out, or I'm got I've really gotten rid of anything that didn't bring me joy. I really am running out of clothing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to address that issue soon. Um, takeaway for this episode is to try one of the tips that we gave you and see if it works for you. Any one of them. 
or any yeah. one of the seven. Pick, pick one that speaks to you. And, you know, if only one of them does, then leave the rest behind. But, you know, they work for us. We walked around the house. Uh, I walked around the house and sort of looked at the little bits of the Kalmari method that I could still see reflected in various rooms. And that's sort of how I came up with the list. So hmm. it's uh, a very genuine, authentic view of what worked in our household. I also looked around and saw that we have accumulated a lot of items that don't bring me joy <laughs> that need to move their way out of our house. Like all the records and all the books? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's just a matter of making room for the things that yeah. we still want to keep. And I think things come into your home either as gifts or uh, purchases that maybe you regret. I mean, one of the things that stuck with me around con uh, Murray method and a lot of reading I've done around minimalism is that when we hold on to things that we have buyer's remorse around so for instance we may buy something and spend a lot of money on it and feel the need to keep it because we've spent that money on it but every time we look at it we feel remorse and regret for having spent the money so the thing is is to move that item out of the house because the instapot is that what you're referring to? I hate that Instapot. You asked me like a month ago whether or not we could give it away. I'm uh, like, yes, give it away. It, we've give had away. that for years, I and know. we've used it about twice when we first got it, and it takes up an entire cupboard. Yeah, it's I've, huge. I've used it, but it's yeah, it's not getting much use. I know. It needs to go. The Instapot and now the Soda Stream because we've moved on to Bubbly's. We're okay. just not doing the Soda Stream anymore. Those are two things. Now, I can feel good about the soda stream because we got a lot of use out of it. We did. The Instapot, I mean, it, it wasn't an exorbitant amount of money, but it's still, it's taken up a lot of space in our home for I'll too long. I'll take the lead on it then. I'll get rid of it. Okay. Okay. And what's hard, and this is with a lot of items, it's hard because it still works. Yeah. It's like There's brand new. wrong with it, really. <laughs> we just don't use it. Yeah. So that was one of my big... Anyone want to trade an Instapot for some records or books? <laughs> there you go. It's one of those gimmicky things I wish I hadn't spent the money on, but eh, we all make mistakes. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode yes. and picked up some tips that might work for you and your family and yes. your home. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out past episodes and subscribe to keep up with what's new. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast, And why not leave a review? You can also follow InfoQuench on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Till, Till next time. time.